passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Steve Sparky, 5 or 12.50 a.m. The fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Well, maybe not as much before the show started. Had some severe thunderstorms. But other than that, we're pretty good. Nathan Marzian here as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Always streaming these podcasts live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page when both of us are doing the podcast. You can also download it on your Odyssey app. And you can also uh, download it wherever you download your favorite podcast at. I highly suggest downloading the Odyssey app because you get all the interviews I do during the week, whether it be Brewers, Badgers, Marquette, Packers, Bucks, stuff you don't get on the podcast I'm a part of, all these individual interviews that are you know, 12, 15 minutes long. You get all of that as well with the Odyssey app, plus your chance to win uh, tickets to see Luke Combs. If you are a country music fan, you can do that as well. Marzian, not so much. Uh, but the rest of you uh, definitely uh, can sign up and see Luke Combs at American Family Field next April. Your chance to win tickets right now. Uh, all you have to do is go to 1250amthefan.com, go to contests, click there, and uh, it'll take you the rest of the way home. All right, so not a lot going on, obviously, but leave it to Nathan Marzian to find something nice and juicy to talk about. Uh, here in the middle of August as we await training camps to get started here next month in September. The question is this. Hold on. Buckle your seatbelts. Has Giannis, you know, the greatest player in Bucks history, already peaked in his career? Are we on the other side of his career now? So is it all downhill from here on out now with Giannis? I cannot believe we're even having this conversation. Why are we so old? I remember when he got here, he was like 18 years old. And oh my God, so much time with Giannis. And here we are talking about, is he already peaked and now we're on the downside of his career. Uh, Nathan Marzian, please do tell everyone how this came up and why we're talking about this. Um, It's, I mean, it's not a huge deal. It's basically just a tweet that, you know, someone came up with. It was based on, um, there's a, site online that shows um you know you can look at players peaks and players like like throughout their career statistically they What's I don't the even know site? How they, uh let me pull it up really quick let's make sure to promote the site if if they're gonna say Giannis is on the other side of his career I want to make sure everybody gets just due on this um if if we don't promote so it, the, the app is called I don't it's it's like it's online but it's if you look up like Darko D-A-R-K-O, career progression or something like that. It should You should be able to go in there and there's like a little tool they have where you can put in different players and it kind of shows according to this Darko stat, which is a, I will say, I think it's a pretty good stat. I'm a, I'm a stat guy and I, I do think it's a decent stat. 
Um, you say Darko, just, I think of Darko Militech, and that's not exactly a career path that I want to <laughs> follow for Giannis, but we'll go ahead you know, anyhow. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically, there's it's some acronym, but um, yeah, it's essentially looking at, you know, players throughout their career and as they get older, you know, how are they, how, how is that stat changing? Are they getting better? Are they getting worse? And, you know, when you look at Giannis's, okay, he, his peak isn't uh, at 27 years old. And then it started since then to go a little bit down. Um, basically, that's one year that it started to go go down. So it's it's basically looking at, and the person says in the tweet, the average NBA player hits his performance apex at age 26 or 27, and Giannis turns 29 in December. Uh, still easily a top five player, but already in sharp decline from his pinnacle two years ago. Sharp decline. Did anybody watch Giannis and the Bucks the last two years and think to yourself, yeah, this dude's losing it. He's not the guy he was. Did, has anybody from a Bucks fan perspective, not we this have, dude on, on Twitter, who we should also mention his Twitter handle so everybody can know who to tweet at about this. Go ahead. Really quick, really quick. We have some I, – I, this, this, someone sent this to me right as we started, and it's kind of breaking right now. Not, It's nothing crazy. But Giannis has a New York Times article that just came out, and one of the quotes in it is – you know, the, I got a notification. Could Giannis leave Milwaukee? It says – and oh, quote Lord. from Giannis, quote from Giannis, I would not be the best version of myself if I don't know that everybody's on the same page, everybody's going for a championship, everybody's going to sacrifice time away from their family like I do, and if I don't feel like that, I'm not signing. Giannis on signing an extension with the Bucks next summer. That's his quote. But um, hasn't he said that in the past about yeah, there's nothing, who he's going to play with? That. I did, there's, yeah, there's nothing new about that. I mean, it's basically just saying as long as, he said this his whole career he never has said I 100% am staying with the Bucks my whole career no matter what he said as long as we're as long as this is a place that I can win as long as everybody's on the same page of we need to win and we need to not let up and we're going for championships then I'll stay you know and as he should like he's he's not just giving them okay no matter what I'll stay with you he's saying as long as we're all on the same page we're good um this uh and then in this article it says so this is from Giannis again I'm reading this on the fly here but it's like live radio, except it's a podcast. But here we are. It says Milwaukee fired its coach and hired its Adrian Griffin, who had been an assistant head coach for the Toronto Raptors. That change, Anadokounmpo said, is part of why he is unsure if he'll sign an extension. You've oh. got to see the di- hold on, hold on. You've got to see the dynamics. He said how the coach is going to be, how we're going to be together. At the end of the day, I feel like all my teammates know and the organization knows that I want to win a championship. As long as we're on the same page with that, and you show me and we go together to win a championship, I'm all for it. The moment I feel like, oh yeah, where we're trying to rebuild. He paused briefly before continuing. There will never be hard feelings with the Milwaukee Bucks. He said, I believe that we've had 10 unbelievable years, and there's no doubt I gave everything for the city of Milwaukee. Everything, every single night, even when I'm hurt, I am a Milwaukee Buck. I bleed green. I know this. This is my team, and it's going to forever be my team. I don't forget people that were there for me and allowed me to be great and to showcase who I am to the world and gave me the platform, but we have to win another one. Um, at the end of the All day, right. being being oh, really quick. At the end of the day, being a winner, it's over that goal. He said, "Winning a championship comes first. I don't want to be twenty years in the same team and don't win another championship." <laughs> okay, so let's let, let's talk about a couple of things. First of all, by all reports that I saw, he signed off on Adrian Griffin. Yeah, that's that's what I saw. I I, I didn't see anything about him uh, not kind of questioning whether or not this was the right move, getting a first time head coach the keys to the car of, of trying to win a championship. So unless those reports were untrue and he didn't sign off on this, I don't see what the, what the issue is here. Is, is the issue just that they fired Bud and he's mad that they fired the guy that they won a, a world championship with? Because remember, he was mad they fired Jason Kidd, if we remember correctly. And now Boonholzer's the latest one. 
And like he said, loyalty is a big thing with him. He won a ring with Bud, right? So it makes sense that he would probably not be happy if this was an issue that they got rid of Bud. Yeah, it. It, he's not mad that they got rid of Bud. Like, let's not even go there. Everyone knows that. And go back and read reports. that quote about Adrian Griffin again. Go back and it's read a, that quote about I'll, Adrian I'll, Griffin again. I will. It's not saying he's mad that, but it's just saying I got to make sure we're on. The, if if he he's basically saying if Adrian Griffin comes in here and we're not nobody's on the same page and it really blows up, okay, that could be something that causes me to leave. It says you've got to see the dynamics, how the coach is going to be, how we're going to be together. At the end of the day, I feel like all my teammates know and the organization knows that I want to win a championship. As long as we're on the same page with that and you show me and we are and we go together to win a championship, I'm all for it. The moment I feel like we're rebuilding and then he goes into his other monologue. Right. So you have two years, then Giannis is up, Middleton, Drew, Brooke, I believe they're all up or can be up with player option, whatever, in two years. I wonder if this is Giannis telling them, reading the tea leaves, of I see what's happening here. Everybody's going to be up in two years, and then y'all can make a decision of all my guys are going to be gone, and I'm going to be sitting here with a whole bunch of new players possibly around me or whatever the case may be. Or maybe they've had the conversation with Giannis, which I cannot believe would have happened, but maybe the conversation was, dude, in two years, you know, you're going to be free to go where you want to go, and we're going to take a step back and try and rebuild this thing and try and build it back up. If they let him walk or suggest that they need to rebuild, and part of rebuilding is trading him to get a ton of draft picks and, and a sign-and-trade or whatever the case may be, and he's already saying, hey, if they want to rebuild, that's cool. No hard feelings. I'm out. I'm going to go play somewhere where I have a chance to win a championship. I guess I kind of understand, but... Average Bucks fan is not going to understand if they gently nudge Giannis out the door to do a rebuild in a couple of years. People are not going to understand that. You are not going to understand that. You are going to be livid if they gently nudge Giannis out the door to essentially do a rebuild in Milwaukee, knowing full right well the odds of them ever finding another superstar like Giannis is slim to none at this point. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center 
anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, again, we don't I mean, we don't really need to we're not ever going to go into a rebuild intentionally with Giannis and that's not going to happen if well, he's not you know, going to allow it. He just said it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. If they like they're never going to choose, oh, well, we really should blow it up. Okay, Giannis, we're okay losing you. That's not going to happen. It it's not. Like they're always going to try to put the best team around him. They're always going to try to keep him to stay, get him to stay. Now, if they get to a point where the team that they put around him really just sucks and they're not competing, then yeah, he's probably going to end up leaving. And that's as he should. Like, there's nothing but wrong Nathan, with that. But Nathan, you have two years, and by, I'm going to use air quotes, that's not true. coincidence, coincidence, they're all pretty much rolling out at the same point with, in two years. With this, with this core, you have two years. Right, but then what? Because Giannis, you I'm can sure trade. Did I, remember we talked about, we, we talked about this already. We said if they, they don't win this year, they got three first-round picks to trade next year. They've got right. Drew Holiday's contract to trade. They've got Brooke Lopez's contract to trade. They can make... So many moves that people don't even fathom right now. Everyone just thinks, oh, you you signed Chris and Brooke to extensions. You have to just – everyone kind of just assumes that they're just going to keep those guys for all those years. That doesn't – if things aren't working, they're going to change. They're going to get make trades. They're going to do whatever they can to put the best team around Giannis and maximize the future, maximize what they're doing. Like, that's what they're going to do. They there's. But, Nathan, don't you think Giannis is looking at everybody's contract situation and going, hey, I'm not an idiot. Like, I'm seeing how this is all lining up. And – I'm just going to well, reindicate to everybody yeah. that I want to continue to win championships. So yes. whatever the plan is going to be in two years, if you want me to sign here long term, you're going to have to lay out a plan for me to be here before they gave Middleton that big deal and assured him that his guy Middleton was going to be with him. And that was a pretty good starting point for Giannis and knowing that Middleton was going to be there. Now you're everybody is going to kind of be in that same boat. Now you're right. Maybe they don't play well next year, or they, well, maybe they they're gonna they're gonna play well. We know they're gonna win the East, but you get to the playoffs. Let's say you get bounced early. Now everybody's gonna look at Adrian Griffin and blame Adrian Griffin, but if they turn around then and blow up that core, let's say, you know, come the summertime and Drew Holiday gets traded and Brooke gets traded because Brooke doesn't fit what they want to do defensively and Drew's getting older, so they move on from Drew and now it's Giannis Milton and a couple of new guys, and still Adrian Griffin after he just got bounced in the playoffs. I don't know, man. I don't know. You're the one that brought this up. Let the record show. I did not bring this up on this podcast. You did. And now you have started the panic around the city of Milwaukee all over the place because we're talking about it on the Green and Growing podcast, Nathan Marzian. No, I, I mean, I'm I'm just saying it's, as you said, it's just a, it's him saying, hey, you know, so it's a, not a warning, but like a, it's yeah. just a, hey, I guess you yeah, could say no. warning. If if this, you know, we're, again, it's just him reminding us as he's done. He did this before he signed the sewer max. Correct. Plenty of times where he's like, I'm, you know, we got to stay committed to winning. I've got to know that, hey, this team is committed to winning. It doesn't have to mean that they're going to win championship after championship. Like he's not just looking at it saying, you know, we lost because we saw him in the in the post game um, after they lost to Miami. You know, he doesn't look at losses as just like we lost, we failed, everything. So it's no, it's a step. It's if, if he thinks that this is something that they're going to build off of and they're going to look to get better. And, you know, again, all signs were that he wanted to change the coach. He wanted to get Adrian Griffin. So I think that's a good sign. And if they get better this year and, you know, 
even if they don't win the finals, if they get better and then maybe they make some changes and he's feeling better about the team, he's going to stay. Like as long as they are committed to winning, he's going to stay. He's just not letting them off the hook and saying, yeah, no, I'll, I'll just stay here no matter what. I'm loyal no matter what. It's I'm loyal as long as you guys remain committed to you know winning a championship and helping me achieve that goal, then I'll stay. And The again, other I, thing that he said is he doesn't want one championship in 20 years with the same team. He did say that, right? I didn't hear you wrong. He said, winning a championship comes first. I don't want to be 20 years on the same team and don't win another championship. Correct. Only having one, right? Even though yeah. there are plenty of guys that never won which, one, like which, Barkley. Which, look, that's, I mean, we can, everyone can be, oh my God, that's common sense. What What do you, like, do you want him to say, oh yeah, I just want to win one? No, he wants to win another championship. Sure. So now to me, it becomes, okay. So when we get to this crossroads, if there is that possibility of that super three again, and this time they're reaching out to Giannis to come play with them, whoever those other two guys are, you know, does that then become more intriguing than doing whatever it is that Milwaukee is going to do? To this point, he's not been a part of a super team. He's not been invited to be a part of a super team. He's kind of been on the outside looking in at all of this. When we get to that point in two years, is that opportunity going to be there for him to go play with a couple other star players in another city, larger market, probably somewhere else, New York, wherever, uh, to go play uh, and have a chance to win several rings? And then will he turn down that temptation to stay here with the possibility to win maybe one more ring? Or let's go the other way. Could Milwaukee be the city where a super team is built? Could Giannis be the guy that orchestrates two superstars like Damian Lillard and somebody else coming to play with him. The problem is in two years, I'm not sure what Damian Lillard's going to have left. And the topic that we were doing just now prior to that news breaking was, has Giannis already peaked in his career? So where is Giannis going to be at physically in two years as far as the level of play that he is at? Because by that time, he'll be what, 31? Is that right? Yeah. I think he's 31. He's, he'll be, he's turning 29 this year. So, so he'll yeah. be going into his age 31 season. Yes. But in my, I mean, I will say, no, he has not peaked, or at least he is not, we're not saying, oh, his, his best days are behind him. I, if you want to say that this is the best he'll ever get, that's fair. I mean, this is a, this is a pretty damn good, you know, spot to be, but to say, to act like he can't be still at his prime, prime level and that he's, you know, he's, his past, his peak is behind him and everything like that, I think is very dumb. Um, I mean, we just saw him average 31, another 31, 12 and six season. And so what numbers is he, that guy using then that's saying that he's on a sharp decline the last two I years? Think, well, a lot of it is based on Giannis's efficiency went down this season. It was, he had a less efficient season than he did the, in years prior. And I was actually looking at this today. A large reason for that seems to be when Chris was out and, you know, when Chris was out until that, you know, until January when Chris came back, he was inefficient for that first part of the season, at least like based on his standards. He was 52% from the floor, um, 25% from three, which is even lower than he usually is. 58% true shooting. He's usually just a little above 60, 54% effective field goal percentage. And outside of five feet, he was 27%. So those were numbers that were definitely low, even you know, for his standards. And a lot of that has to do with you know, Chris was out. There's not, there's not another option out there to take some of that load off of him. And so, yes, he's going to be a little more inefficient. Like, I think that's a natural thing that will happen. If you take away, you know, if you took away a a play, a superstars, number two option, 
they're going to need to do more. They're going to be a little, and he's putting up the same totals. You know, he's still putting up his 30 and 12 and five, but it just was a little less efficient, which again, I think is fair. Like that's expected. And so I remember around that time, around December, January, I'm thinking, you know, cause people were talking about, oh, this is a little bit of a down year for Giannis. And I'm like, well, wait for Chris to get back. Like, let's see what happens when we're fully healthy. Let's see how he looks when we kind of have our full team and things really get ramped up. And the numbers after Chris came back are 59% from the field compared to 52 before, 32% from three compared to 25 before, 61% effective field goal compared to 54 before, 63% true shooting compared to 58 before, and 35% outside of five feet compared to 27 before. So all those numbers went up. All those numbers went back to elite, elite level over the last four months of the season. And so that, that to me, I'm like, is per 36 stats over the last four months where all where those stats plus he had 37 points per 36 14 rebounds and seven assists he was incredible over the last four months of the season and if that was what he did the entire season which i think is very possible if chris had been healthy and also Giannis was dealing with injuries earlier in the season um and he obviously got hurt in the playoffs but uh, earlier in the season he was kind of hampered by injury missed some time him and chris were missing games together because they both were a little bit banged up but once things got ramped up and once Chris was back and once we kind of had our full team together, Giannis was the best player in the league. Like he was better than anyone else in the league during that span. And as I said, if that had kept up all season, if he had done that at the beginning, which I think he can, if everyone's healthy and he's healthy, he would have won MVP. He would have been the best player in the league. So I'm not worried about it at all. I would have been more worried if it was the opposite and he had started well and then really started to drop off. And it, it was the opposite. He you know, his overall numbers seemed down, but it's just because he had a poorer first half of the season compared to, you know, what he usually has. And that kind of affected his efficiency overall. All right, let's move on. Topic number two, uh, a little bit late to the show on this because everything else we ended up getting to. But Kendrick Perkins, uh, what was it, last week, two weeks ago, uh, made a comment that he believes Anthony Davis is going to be the NBA MVP uh, in the 23-24 season, which seems ridiculous to me i'll be honest with you and a lot of times a lot of what uh, kendrick perkins says seems ridiculous to me to be honest with you um but this one here if we're just going on straight talent like how talented uh, is anthony davis yeah he's one of the most talented dudes in the league i I don't i don't think anybody is going to argue that anthony davis is an uber talented very talented and when he's got it all going damn near impossible to stop offensively and defensively. He can change games, blocking shots, rebounding. He can do a lot of different stuff. Is he as athletic as Giannis? Maybe not as athletic as Giannis necessarily, but he's athletic enough to be a dominant type player. The problem is as Charles Barkley has pointed out by calling him street clothes, the man cannot stay available for whatever team he's playing for because he always gets hurt. And in some part, you can look at a player and go, well, it's kind of your own fault. You don't you don't train the right way. You don't eat the right way. You don't get enough sleep, whatever. And you can figure out reasons to blame players for getting hurt. And another aspect, one in which I believe is more true than the first, even though there is something to the first, some guys are just injury prone. Some guys just can't stay healthy for whatever the reason. They can do all the right stuff of working out, all the right stuff of eating right and do everything. And for whatever the reason, they can't stay healthy, and their career never ends up being the way it should be if they could have stayed healthy. I, I think of Greg Oden. That dude at Ohio State was a beast, was a for sure beast coming in, and the guy could not stay healthy. 
Kevin Durant went right after, and for the most part has been relatively healthy outside that Golden State deal. His whole career really hasn't had any injury problems. Could it have went the other way? Probably could have. I got no explanation for why certain guys can't stay healthy, but that's the deal with Anthony Davis. I cannot jump on the Anthony Davis or MVP vote when we're talking about a guy that can't stay healthy and play a full season. And now they've got, don't they have the new rule in this year where you've got to play so many games in order to qualify for these awards? So odds are he's not going to play enough games to qualify for the award anyhow, which then eliminates him from the conversation, Nathan. Yeah, and even if he does, he's not he's not MVP level. He's very good. He's a top 10 player level if he can play the whole season. But he's there's never been a season, you know, even if he played the full season where you're like, oh, Anthony Davis would have won MVP if he had played all, you know, all 82 games or even 70, 75 games. That's not like he's not ever at that level. You know, he's not averaging 30 points a game. He's it's it's not happening. You know, he's not winning. He's not winning MVP. He's a very good player when he's healthy and all that. And he can have some monster games. But like we kind of saw it last year, too, even like in the playoffs, he'd have a monster game. And then in the next game, he'd have 12 points and six rebounds. And you're like, well, okay. like it just he kind of would be on and off. I think you're right on that. But I think what's going to be interesting with the Lakers specifically is if they're going to start to take some pressure off of LeBron and whether or not they're going to try to switch it up a little bit where a little bit more of the offensive focus becomes about Anthony Davis trying to carry that load and try and take some of that load off of LeBron James is, again, as we were talking about Giannis getting older, LeBron is a lot older than that, has been playing in this league forever. He's got goals of wanting to play in the NBA with his kids and all of this other stuff. And LeBron James himself has been dinged up and nicked up uh, and missing time uh, throughout the last couple of years as well. And that's what you're attaching everything to if you're a Lakers fan. Uh, winning a championship is both of those guys. And I think it probably makes sense, I don't know if you agree, to look at Anthony Davis and go, dude, you got to score more than you have in the past. You, you've got to be more of an offensive player. We're going to try and take some of this load off of LeBron James so it's not all on him uh, night in and night out. And LeBron tries his best to try and carry this team, and I don't he doesn't suck. He's still a damn good player. But I think Anthony Davis makes more sense to try and carry this thing going forward here. Yeah, and I honestly do think that it's going to sound dumb, but I think they need to run through Austin Reeves a little bit more. I think that was something that in the playoffs last year they didn't do enough It was because I feel like obviously AD and LeBron are better players, and so it kind of like almost similar to what, you know, the Bucks with Giannis, we're kind of talking about, you don't always like, just cause he's the best player. You don't always have to run through him. You right. know, you can do a, And it kind of felt similar with those guys where it's like, you don't, it doesn't always have to be through them. You know, maybe generate some stuff for them, run a little bit more through Austin Reeves, pick and roll stuff there. And cause that really worked in that Nuggets series. That was like one of the few things that was working for them offensively was running pick and roll with Austin Reeves. And it was like, they just, Again, they couldn't. I don't think they could get themselves to be like, "Hey, let's give Austin Reeves the ball more instead of LeBron and AD." It was always just like default to LeBron and AD, which sure. again, you can't blame. You can't blame them. That's those are their best players. But you, there's times where you kind of have to say, "Hey, what's actually working and what's actually more beneficial?" And I mean, I think there's times where running it through him more could be could be good for the whole team. We actually end up, you know, benefiting those guys more. So we both agree that it's not Anthony Davis necessarily as NBA. Uh, MVP in 23-24. With that being said, Nathan Marzian, president of the Giannis Fan Club, uh, who do you think right now, if you had to pick somebody to put some money down on, uh, is going to be the guy that ends up winning MVP in 23-24? I really do think, I think Giannis has a really good chance. I think the voter fatigue 
finally has kind of is is maybe even going to swing the other way where it's like okay we haven't given it to Giannis a few years in a row and he's still and if he has another season where he's 30 12 and 5 and it's like he's still this dominant okay let's give him another one um I could see I definitely could see him winning it I think I don't think Luca for the past few years I've kind of thought okay it might be Luca's turn but their team is never that never good enough for him to be really leading the charge there so I I can't really say Luca I could maybe see KD maybe he was really good he was I mean his numbers in the regular season last year when he played were really really good and the Suns were 8-0 in the regular season when he played so you put those things together if he has a fantastic regular season and they're you know the best record in the league I could definitely see him winning it um and obviously Jokic I think could win it just because again almost reverse voter fatigue where last year they didn't give it to him because they it was Embiid's turn they might be like hey he, screw it he, he deserves it give it to Jokic again if he's that good but one of one of those three I would probably put it on and I, truthfully if I had if I had to bet on it I might honestly say Giannis I think I think they have a really good chance to be again the best record in the league which doesn't mean much but just for the sake of winning MVP it can help um and I think he's going to have another great statistical season and people are just going to be like hey it's time to give him another one so you are not even considering not even has brought up in passing the reigning MVP you're not giving any love to in going back to back in Joel Embiid. There's no way he wins it. There's no way he wins it. Why? How is he going to win it? Because he's every single year he loses in the second round. They finally give it to him. He still loses in the second round and chokes in the playoff. Like there's no way but he wins it again. If they trade James Harden and they end up being, say, the one seed in Philly and the best record in Philly. And then beads the reason why, because it's obviously Harden's gone, and whatever they get back is not going to be as good as James Harden, more than likely. And they somehow or another, you know, win the East. Now you're right; they may get bounced in the playoffs, but it's not a, a postseason award. This is a regular season award. These votes are made prior to the playoffs beginning, right? So if Embiid and Philly have a really good year and they're a top seed in the East without James Harden. And just a bunch of other dudes around him. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think it's crazy to think that he might figure out a way to get it done. The KD angle. I just think there's too much there. Like Beal's going to take his shots. Booker's going to take his shots. I just think it's going to take away from his ability to put up gigantic games consistently throughout the year because you're going to have these other two guys that are also uh, big volume shooters. So I, I think that takes Durant out. I agree with you on Luca. Apparently, he's in really good shape. Uh, but more than likely, they're not going to be as good as the rest of these teams. So that takes Luka out of the mix. Joker's always going to be in the conversation, like Giannis at the end of the day. I, I, I just think, think if... Go ahead. I was going to say, I just think Embiid's in that position that Jokic was in this year and Giannis was in in 2021 after, the, after he uh, lost in the bubble of like, the only way he's getting it is if he is that much better than everyone else and there's no argument for anyone else, he'll win it. But if anyone else is close, they're going to give it to the other person. Like they're not going to give him another one because okay. again, because of how many consecutive playoff failures he's had, it's like why would we give this guy another MVP? What about Tatum? Jason Tatum. He's not consistent enough. He's really good. Top again, 7-ish player. Um, but he's just he's always Probably, I mean, I think he's always going to be a guy that 
he's going to have too many games where he's like, you know, again, 15 points, 14 points, struggle. Like, and that's not to say he's not going to have plenty of great games too. And his averages are still going to be around 30, you know, 28, 30 points a game. But I just think he goes through stretches where you're like, okay, he's, you know, it's been a couple weeks now of him only averaging 23 points a game. And I think with Giannis, with Jokic and those guys, it's just so, it's more consistent. It's just every single night, you know, um, so I don't know. I, that's how I've always viewed Tatum is just like he's not quite consistent enough for me to really put him in that tier with those guys and really I don't I just don't think he can win an award like that. Especially in two if he has Jalen Brown next to him and they're both putting up great numbers and you know now they're gonna have Porzingis and everything. It just it makes it a little bit more difficult. And Kawhi Leonard, same deal as Anthony Davis can't stay healthy and like Tatum and Brown, he's got Paul George with him. So that pretty much eliminates him, right? Same same type of logic. Yeah, I mean, again, I just don't see them having this consistently number one option on their team type of season where, like, there's there's definitely nights where Jalen Brown's the number one guy, and then Jalen Brown, you know, is the leader of that team. And it's like with with the Bucks and with the or with the Nuggets and stuff, like, you just don't see that very often. It's like, how often is there a game where Chris scores thirty five points and Giannis scores eighteen? Like, it really doesn't happen. No. It's like it never happens. No. Whereas there there will be nights where Jalen Brown goes off for you know, 30, 35 points and Tatum might have a quieter game. And it's like it, and it's not a knock on Tatum. It's just like that. He's and part of it is too the way they play, you know, Giannis, the way he plays, people make fun of it and people make fun of how he can't shoot as well and all that. But when he can just get to the paint anytime he basically wants, it's a lot harder to stop. It's a lot harder to prevent him from getting 25, 30 points every single night than someone who, you know, even Steph Curry, there's going to be nights where Steph Curry has, 15 points because he just it's it's harder to consistently hit threes than it is to just consistently get to the line consistently yep. get to the paint and score it's like there's when you're shooting threes there's going to be there's a bigger room for error you know and there's it, it, it's like it's gonna there's just gonna be nights where all of a sudden you know you're off and you have some some bad nights and that's what makes you a little bit inconsistent and all of a sudden i don't know that's what kind of takes them out of that superstar superstar tier for me like a guy like tatum obviously steph is in that tier yeah, Steph Curry. We didn't talk about the Warriors at all, and that that is going to be another team that everybody's going to have their eyes on to see uh, what all happens. We'll wrap it up. Uh, speaking of the Warriors, uh, with our guy Draymond Green, uh, who uh, what was featured in the NBA Two Crate trailer. Pretty sure he did not know they were going to do this. Pretty sure he did not sign off on it being okay. Uh, but they put Jordan Poole on the Wizards. They made Jordan Poole act like he wanted to take on Draymond one on one. Uh, and then, of course, you know, pool hits a shot and whatever. Then somebody else got on Twitter. Uh, I made a really funny video that I, I laughed just thinking of. And it's like Draymond watching what's happening in the arena uh, backstage, like WWE style, uh, sees what happens. And then Draymond comes out and it's like a different gold state uniform uh, and just knocks down pool and starts beating the crap out of Jordan pool right next to the uh right next to the basketball floor. I was laughing so hard when I watched it. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. But I think they need to do more of this stuff. I mean, I I know they did it because of the, the incident, but I, they should do more of this. When there's some type of rivalry in the NBA, they should pick a side and do something like this. And the reason I say that is because this trailer got more talk than any trailer of Madden or NBA 2K in the last how many years because of that little fun deal that they put in there. I I love it. The question is, do you like the NBA 2K trailer? Should they do more trailers like it? I say absolutely yes. Go for it, Nathan. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, always just, I think, incorporating the, the little rivalries that, that there are in the league and stuff like that. It just gets people kind of talking. And um, ultimately, that's what a trailer is basically for, is like you want to generate some hype. You want to get people interested. And, you know, if you, can, if you can get people talking about it, there's nothing that really is going to come out with, at least, I don't, you know, I don't, at, at this point, there's not much they're going to come out with gameplay wise and like graphics wise that is so different. That's going to get people talking. It's like you want to, you know, it's going to look, you know, you want it to look good. Obviously, you want it to be like, OK, it looks realistic. But to really get people talking and make it an interesting trailer, I feel like, yeah, stuff like this is definitely cool. It's definitely beneficial. Love it. Absolutely love it. Here's Nathan Marzian. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Download this wonderful podcast, Green and Growing. Tell your friends, tell your family members, subscribe, follow, do all that fun stuff. Uh, all you have to do is download it on your Odyssey app or anywhere you download your favorite uh, podcast ad. And of course, on the YouTube Odyssey Sports channel, you can check the videos out there of Green and Growing and Curd and Long and Spare Time Bowling Show podcast. All three of them all there on the Odyssey Sports at YouTube uh, what what do you got going on this weekend before we wrap things up, Nathan Marzian? What's uh, what fun stuff do you got going on? Uh, I got a fantasy football draft tonight. Ooh. And then, yeah. And I got third pick. So hoping for uh, Christian Bijan. McCaffrey in the third. Nah. That's Bijan. That's too early for Bijan. No, it ain't. But mm -mm. Yeah, I'll Christian, tell you right not, now. I will never take Bijan over Christian McCaffrey. I would I'll tell you that. right. Why? Well, we don't McCaffrey's know if Bijan will be healthy or not, but McCaffrey's one of those guys we just talked about. Never stays healthy. Always he hurt. Played, he played guys. 16 games last year. Great. Tell me how many other times he's done that in his career. The man's always hurt. There is you. There is no way you could pay me to take that dude. No chance. There are certain guys that can't stay he's healthy. He's played 16 games three times in his career. Out of how many he's, years? He, so he played actually four times. Four times in his career out of six, he's played every single game. He had two Feels years where he got hurt. It, did, like it was because it was back to back. There were back to back years where he did get hurt, and so it felt. And I think they were kind of similar injuries, but back to back years where he got hurt. So the really, last year was the first full year he's had in the last three years. Yes, there you go. Yeah, but before that, he played 16, 16, 16. So yeah, I can't do. It. I'm taking Bijan Robinson. I'll tell you that right now. That that's my guy. Mark my words. He will outscore Christian McCaffrey this year, and then you're gonna be like, I should. Nah, nah. And it, and it's and it's PPR, so that definitely changes. That's why you should take Bijan. He he's not. They're he's gonna not split that. him out. They're gonna have Algier in the backfield, dude. I'm locked in on the Falcons. Trust me. 16 year olds a Falcons fan too. I watched this team all last year, and Arthur Smith. All he likes to do is run the ball and use running backs and all that stuff. Kyle Pitts had been used way more than he was last year. You'll see. That's fine. I like you Bijan. take your guy. He's not, I like Bijan, but he's not He's not the pass catcher that Christian McCaffrey is. He will be. Watch. You just watch. I'm telling you. I think he'll be very good. I think he'll be very I'm not. I'm not at all trying to say he's I think he's going to be the he's number not, one fantasy football player this year in points. No. Nah, That's nah. not a quarterback. Yep. Watch. You'll see. That's all right, though. You don't have to listen to me. Uh, anything else this weekend besides that? tonight um not nah, same old just going out whatever nice good got uh i'm going to the brewers padres game on sunday so i am uh looking forward to that last game of the year that we got tickets for but i think i don't know why i'm telling you this but i think we're going to the friday night brewers cubs game at the end of the year possibly we're looking at buying tickets for that so we may be that there. could be that could be Playoff implications. Correct. Right. Which means there'll be people from Chicago all over the freaking place, which I'm going to dread. Uh, and then you'll probably be there wearing your Cubs stuff too. Also, not not good. All right. So Nathan Marzian, C. Sparky Pfeiffer, enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. And, and tweet at Nathan Marzian and tell him Bijan over McCaffrey, please. Just, just try and help the boy. Have a good one. Toodles. Toodles.